Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Fantasy. I am your less handsome host, slash co-host, Luke, and I'm here, joined, as always, by my more handsome co-host, Akash. How you doing, Akash? I'm doing great, man. What about you? Always uh, Fantastic, but my voice is a little shot, as you can tell, but uh, that's okay. We can survive half an hour. I have a cough drop in, ready to go, so um, hopefully this isn't unlistenable. It might be unlistenable, but that's okay. If it becomes unlistenable, Akash can carry the shell on his back. Because uh, he's handsome and we love him. Um, yeah. Akash, why don't you take the uh, the top of the dock then, like I normally do, because I don't want to kill my voice yet. Okay, yeah. Let's start off with some news and notes. So, David Njoku was placed on the COVID list earlier uh, this week, as well as Keenan Allen, Cameron Jordan. Um, Keenan Allen's really the only fantasy-relevant one here. Maybe you're starting Njoku in some tight end premium leagues. But Allen... Or Dynasty, uh, you know, like deep Dynasty yeah. leagues. Right, yeah. Uh, Allen is reportedly vaccinated and does still have a chance to play this week, so that's good. If he doesn't, it's probably a boost to Austin Eckler, who also works in the shorter range and is a target hog as far as running backs go. Uh, but he should be fine. I don't think there's we'll get more news as the week goes on, but for right now, I'm just treating it as he is going to play until we get more news. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick to have season ending hip surgery, uh, really not that big of a deal because. You probably already dropped him, um, except maybe in like super flex to redraft leagues where you held on to him. I know I did in like one league redraft super flex where I was holding him. You can go ahead and drop him in dynasty. You just keep holding because maybe he lands somewhere. I don't know, he could very well retire. Who knows? But you still hold on he to him. He could just come back to Washington next year for another season, honestly, unless they plan on drafting a quarterback. Right. Or stick with Heineke. We'll talk about that later. Yes. Deontay Harrison suspended for three games following the DUI that I think was earlier this year. Um, that's uh, that that was to be expected. Harris wasn't a guy who's super fantasy relevant, but he does make some nice plays sometimes. Catches a long touchdown. Maybe you were stashing him. Oh wait, Akash, we never talked about the Antonio Brown fake vax card situation. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about um the suspension. We did, but that's crazy, man. I can't believe it is crazy. that when you're that rich and famous that you would fake a vaccine card and not get a good enough one to, to get <laughs> caught. That's crazy. No, it's insane. And the fact that they might cut him when he comes back, I hope not. I mean, well, I, I kind of hope so. Well, on one hand, it hurts the uh, – I don't want him to cut him, honestly. It hurts the Bucks to lose him because he's a good player while he's on the field, which I would love to see the Bucks suffer because I'm a Falcons fan and I hate the Bucks. But I also like Antonio Brown on my fantasy team because he's a super, super cheap producer. Do you think Antonio Brown would be forced to retire if he was cut from the Buccaneers? No, he's too good to not play. A he team is, but this, I mean, every year there's always something that like falls apart with him at the end of the season. Every year, I think eventually his off the field issues might lead him to hang it up for. He might want to, but I don't think this is the time. He's definitely still got juice left in the tank, and I think a team that wants to push for uh that wants to push for like a championship might sign him. Um I think eventually it might lead to maybe it leads to a lesser role like the like when Josh Gordon was still like still definitely had juice but the off the field issue just led the team to like not feature him or anything and just sign him to smaller deals and use him just a little bit. But I definitely think that he'll be back. If not the Bucks and somewhere else and then you just you keep holding him because he still has upside while he's playing. Yeah, I agree. I, it's crazy how good he is. I mean, he was crushing it for fantasy and in real life at the start of the season. 
and Tom Brady when they're all combined, you know, all the Buccaneers weapons is like unstoppable. Um, mm-hmm. so I definitely want to keep that going because I've I've been loving Tom Brady and the Bucks, man. I I don't know why. Uh, I hate the trips, but he, he's so fun. I don't know why it's it's been a blast. And I mean, Antonio Brown's only really been stable since he's left Pittsburgh when he's been playing with Tom Brady. Um, so I would like to see them continue their relationship together and keep playing. Um, yeah, you're right. I think forward. it keeps him. I think Brady keeps him grounded and then like focused. Like, come on, uh, AB, let's blinders on. Let's win a championship. Right? Does he? Does he not live with him still? Is that a thing still? I don't know. Around? I know he did before, but uh, I don't know. It'd be funny if he still did. He might, honestly. I mean, who knows? That's crazy. But that's the news for AB. What else we got? Uh, Mac Jones. Last Monday night football. Monday night football. What? What a game, man! I three pass attempts horrible. for the win. Oh, amazing! Amazing. Patriots fans are absolutely insufferable all over Twitter last night. It was crazy. But I think, insufferable. I think that game may very well hamper Mac Jones's rookie of the year campaign. There's just the fact that they didn't need him to do anything just to win, and they're like, "Yeah, just don't, just don't make any mistakes." You're our Jimmy G. Wow, they used Jimmy G when Brady was uh not playing like what 2016. They're like, okay, you're the guy, you're the quarterback, but your job is to not make mistakes. Right? And that's the perfect fit for him, honestly. I mean, Mac Jones has been that guy so far this season, and he's done a really good job, honestly. I think he is um having the best season of any of the rookie quarterbacks by far. I'm not gonna say that he's the best at all, uh, because I think yeah. that Lawrence and Fields will probably still have developing the better talents over time. Um, I agree. But and Mac, Jones, Mac Jones could easily win the most games, though. Yeah, I don't really care about wins, win evaluating QB. I definitely think that Lawrence Fields end up being better, and then Trey Lance, I think, also has a higher ceiling. This was probably always the case where Mac Jones was going to be a, a high floor, low ceiling. He was always marketed as the pro-ready guy, and he's been the pro-ready right, which guy. Is a, which is really a synonym for white, but he is pro-ready. Sneaky, athletic, pro-ready, does everything the right way. First in, last out kind of guy. Bring your lunch pail. A lot of grit and grind, sneaky, athletic kind of guy. The kind of guy you want your daughter to bring home. Exactly. It's a great... <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, my God, my voice is getting destroyed currently. This is great. That's all right. I'll carry the show. I'll carry the show. But that about wraps up what's happened over the last day. So I think we'll jump, jump into our first segment here. Are we buying? It's our only segment. <laughs> yes, that's that's also true. Are we buying we these narratives and trends that we're seeing? Like, I'm that stuff that we see on on Twitter, stuff that p- other people talk about. Are we buying or are we not buying? Are we are we waiting to see a little bit more? Uh, first of all, are you worried about DK Metcalf at all? Um, I all I honestly have always been kind of a DK Metcalf doubter. I don't know why. Um. I like DK. I think he's. I think he's still, you know, a very valuable fantasy wide receiver. I think he's very talented. I, I think, um, a future for Chase Claypool could be kind of like a DK Metcalf role for the Steelers. Hopefully, one day. I, I like what he does, but I think the way he's been performing for the last like year or so, uh, being like that top five weekly wide receiver to some people in their mind is nowhere near what DK Metcalf represents to me. And I've always been lower on DK than most people. Um, for my dynasty rankings, redraft rankings, whatever. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I am a little worried, but not necessarily because I've honestly come to expect um, inconsistent production from him. And I honestly think this is just a lot to blame 
on the Seahawks having a down season and Russell Wilson. Uh, I almost said Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson having a uh, a down year. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Not even a down year. It's just been a bad stretch since he came back from the injury. I don't know if he's just not right or something, but this has always been the case with DK Metcalf. He's just exacerbated because of the poor QB play from Russell Wilson over the last just a couple weeks, right? He still has a good target share, really high air yard share. He obviously gets a lot of deep targets, and that's what leads leads to inconsistency. What I was gonna say, Akash, about him not being right since coming back. I mean, it's that middle finger, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the NFL to throw a you good the ball. Ball, right? you, have, you have to grip that ball perfect, and I mean, it might just be taking a little bit off that deep ball that him and DK usually connect on consistently. Totally, totally. And when you're not connecting on, when you're seeing a bunch of deep targets, and that's what um that's what gives you a high ceiling, but that can also give you a low floor, and that's why I'm not worrying about him this is just some variance i know over the last few weeks he hasn't been like a producer at all for fantasy i think only one game over 10 points but uh, the the ship will ride itself i don't i don't think that he's suddenly bad at football i think he's still a really good young player only what 23 years old still he has a bright targets. future for sure i mean lock kind of hindered him a little rate. bit yeah earns targets at a high rate earns down the field targets like athletic specimen high upside um players i'm not worried at all maybe for the rest of the season i'll be like i'll not i'll like pump the brakes a little bit but i'm not gonna bench him or anything yeah absolutely i mean you have to play him it's dk metcalf um yeah. but i just you know lower those expectations a little bit and and embrace sorry and embrace the variance because oh absolutely i mean with guys, with guys guys like that, go off. with guys like dk metcalf you know even tyree kill any big play threat wide receiver, that's what like that's their bread and butter. I mean, you gonna you have to expect a lot of variance in their performances week to week because I mean you're not gonna get those nuclear week winning performances every week. It's just not feasible unless you're Cooper Cup. Uh, because you know, he's a sneaky athletic, bring your lunch pail, eat breakfast with the quarterback kind of guy you want to bring home your uh to your daughter. Um <laughs> but you know, DK is great though. I think he would does have a great future for Dynasty, but this season, I mean, I'd say he's a mid-wide receiver, too, going forward, in, in my opinion. I'm down with that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Next up, Jalen Watt on a bit of a hot streak lately. Uh, he's like a low wide receiver one over the last few weeks. Can he be a wide receiver one for like a full season? Um, I honestly think yes. Uh, I, the Dolphins have put together a winning streak. If Jalen Waddle can stay healthy, uh, he clearly has been the, the engine making that offense run over the last few weeks, and I think that they've found that success in this winning streak, and I think they want to get Jalen Waddle involved consistently uh, for a long period of time. I think Waddle, best-case scenario, uh, like absolute ceiling could be like what we're seeing from Debo this season. Um, just like a dominant X-factor wide receiver offensive weapon, and um, <clears throat> I think he does a lot of those things. I, I think he's a, he's a do-it-all kind of guy, and I, I really like that. I was thinking like Deontay Light or something. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. I mean – but yeah, he's he gets um, so involved in the offense is what I mean. Right. He's, his target share is solid. It's like a 23.8% target share. Obviously, really low ADOT targets. It's not, it's like similar air yards market share to the target share, which says like he, he has a low ADOT. He has a 7.4 average depth of target. So it's not, so it's like some manufactured touches, some short targets. I don't, I think that. Uh, hurts the overall ceiling unless the, there's like tremendous volume, which is what we've seen with Deontay Johnson, and that's why he can be a low wide receiver one. I think Waddle is going to be a good wide receiver two, 
Um, I'm willing to say that, yeah, I probably missed on him a bit as a prospect where I didn't like him at all. But I didn't love him either. I think a lot of people didn't, though. Yeah, the there there are some people that didn't like him for what his film was. NFL obviously loved his film. Dolphins loved it. That's why they drafted him sixth. I didn't like his production at all, and I thought that he was a really low floor kind of guy, low ceiling kind of guy. I think he ends up as a wide receiver too. But yeah, I, I think if they like want to double down on their receiving core and bring in like a true alpha in the draft or in free agency, I, I think that hurts uh, Waddle's ceiling a little bit. Well, I mean, I would have loved to see uh, the relationship with Will Fuller uh, this season, but we honest, obviously did not get the chance. I think um, he'll be back, right? Probably. I mean, it's kind of the same situation what I expect to see with Juju is, you know, he was injured, one-year deal, probably just run it back in another one year in the same spot and try to go for another big contract. Yeah, yeah I think uh, that's that's reasonable. And then Devontae Parker's still there. Gesicki, free agent, maybe he leaves. I don't know. They could draft someone. I want to see, like – Burks there or something like give Tua a real alpha. Devontae Parker's a good like fake alpha, but he's never gonna be he's not gonna be the wide receiver one for them. So I'd like but, to see well Akash, I mean I I mean with, with, with we see him from Jalen Waddle. I think Waddle Parker Gasicki and if Will Fuller was healthy combined would be a really good receiving core. I don't really that's think like they need that's like a makeshift receiver core. You're taking like a guy who's an okay you think so? one, and one and a bunch of decent wide receivers, but you don't have any dominant wide receivers. I view that as an elite prospect in Waddle. Uh-huh. Plus, oh, Hutch is here. What's up, Hutch? Hey, hey bro. How are cool, you? Man. What's up, handsome? Uh, we got Waddle, who's an elite prospect and been playing really well this season. And then you got Devontae Parker, who's a really, like, I'd say he's an above average wide receiver in the NFL. He's pretty good. You know, yeah. you, can get, you can get a lot he of stuff out of well. He's an under. Will Fuller's, I think he's very good. I mean, I, yeah. I think he's a top. 20 25 exactly so i'm saying like all those combined with kasiki who's a top 20 tight end easily um mm-hmm. i think that's a great cast of weapons honestly i think they just need a running back yeah it's solid yeah address their offensive line and their weapons i think that's viable yeah i agree for sure Cool. Let's move on to the next one here. Uh, I have a banner prepared now. Isn't that fancy? T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, can they be successful together? What's your take on this one, my man? Absolutely, man. I'd love to see MCC together. Um, two great alpha wide receivers. It's like exactly what I said yesterday. Two great alpha wide receivers with a great quarterback can be uh, can be great together. They don't have to cannibalize each other. Both of them can succeed in the same offense. On the year, they both have around a 25% target share, and that's solid alpha target share right and then right now the offense kind of running a bit through mixing the i don't know they're trying to maybe they're playing it safe with joe burrow one year removed from the acl but i think this offense really can go nuclear next year i think they've just honestly been playing it safe with i mean they've seen joe mixon go explosive over the last few weeks he had a Mm -hmm. down game against the chargers but um i think for burrow he's been great this season but he's thrown a lot of interceptions so Mm -hmm. i think just for them i mean they know burrow is good at converting on third down so, you know, trying to move those chains a little bit on first and second with Mixon. Uh, and then from there, letting Burrow convert, I think, has kind of been the recipe for their offense going forward. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that uh, another year removed from the ACL injury and then with Higgins developing and Chase going into his second year, see a nice second year jump from him. Uh, Tyler Boyd, he's a decent real-life producer. I don't like him for fantasy, obviously, but... I think the offense definitely has tremendous upside next year. I think both of them have great great ceilings. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think Jamar Chase is probably going to be like a second round draft pick. Well, yeah. I don't know if he if he if he it, doesn't. There's a lot of recency bias. So if he if the variance hits uh, in this last few weeks of the season, he capitalizes more on some of those longer plays, and yeah, he's going to jump back up to what people are thinking about him at the beginning of the season. But if he continues sure. to like have bad luck in that fast, people might draft him in the third or fourth round or something. Yeah, I think I don't think he slips out of the third just because, you know, second year narrative streak. I mean, look what happened with C.D. Lamb this year. Yeah. Um, um, I, I don't think he makes it out of the third. But Higgins could be a great value in, like, the fifth, sixth round. Um, I think he could be a really, really nice value pick next season for sure. They both are on a pace to be a dominant one-two punch with Tyler Boyd kind of being that in-between, you know, fill-in-the-gap kind of guy, which I really like personally. Yeah, Higgins has, like, eight targets a game, right, times 17. How many – Targets is that per game? Like a lot uh, of targets. Uh, hmm. A lot of targets. A lot of them. Yeah, you're right. It's like 136. Like at least 10. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That checks out. That checks at out. least that 10 targets. Tremendous. Moving on to another wide receiver here that I'm a big fan of personally. Elijah Moore has been on a hot streak. Low wide receiver one since coming back from the week six buy and returning to a good snap share. Are you buying or selling the hot streak for Elijah Moore here? I'm buying it. It's cool. I like them more as a prospect compared to another hot streak wide receiver in Waddle. So it's like, yeah, this is really confirming what I thought. Um, he does have like like a good string of games with a really high target share. And as a beta receiver, like you expect more of a beta target share. On the year, he has like an 18, 19% target share, which is really good for a beta rookie. Um, I think it's similar to what we saw with Brandon Cooks, who was another really good beta rookie wide receiver. Um, and then normally you say, okay, he's a beta. He probably has some wide receiver two seasons. But Brandon Cooks had a couple years as a low wide receiver one, you know. And then the uh, that's offense has to get good. And then you have to have some good volume, too, to really hit that low wide receiver one ceiling. But I definitely think that that's within his range of outcomes. He's really he's really ranked as a, like a low wide receiver two or mid wide receiver two in Dynasty. I think that. Uh, having wide receiver one seasons in the cards for him. But I think, yeah, he's going to be a really good wide receiver too for years. To yeah, come. L- let me hit on what Hutch just said here. I totally agree. I said this in yesterday's episode. Um, he had always struggled with Russ, uh, not Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson until <laughs> yesterday's game. And that was a huge point for me personally seeing this. And I think Hutch agrees based on his comments here, because um, he had always struggled the season so far with, with uh, Zach Wilson. But after mm-hmm. the week six bye, you know, he had those, Zach Wilson was injured and didn't really do much with, um, you know, before. But, you know, Mike Mike, uh, Mike White, the legend, and Joe Flacco filled in here and there for that Jets offense. And Elijah Moore broke out. And um, a lot of people, I think, were doubting that Zach Wilson was going to ruin him coming back. And I honestly thought it, he probably was going to ruin him a little bit, honestly, yeah, even though I'm a big Zach Wilson fan. But he didn't. And uh, Elijah Moore has been fantastic. And I, I'm continuing to ride the train personally. Yeah, I wasn't – I don't think I was as scared of Zach Wilson as you because I think Zach Wilson was still like an over-hated QB prospect. He still has potential to be good. I, think oh, I, I love Zach Wilson as a I prospect. think people wrote him off too quickly after, when, after like three games and then he got hurt. I think people wrote him off too quickly. I think a lot of people – we honestly were just so spoiled last year with how good Herbert and Burrow were Yeah, that a lot of people – I mean, Burrow wasn't great, but he was pretty yeah, good. He was. To, like, he was great. Yeah, he was, he was good. But Herbert was amazing, and I think we've been spoiled with, like, the perception of, like, what rookie quarterbacks are. So, like, yeah. Wilson and Lawrence and Fields, and, like, that's, like, a normal rookie season. So, like, I'm just trying to see, you know, what that looks like next year for the Jets for sure. 
Honestly, I was saying that at the beginning of the year, but I would like to see all of them like really turn it up because for them to be playing like what like for example what Lawrence has been doing at the beginning of the season, it's fine. You're like, yeah, there's gonna be some bumps in the road as they're first starting. But I, I really hope that they start to pick it up over the next few weeks. I you know they're in worse situations than a guy like Mac Jones, um, even Herbert and Burrow, but I honestly don't there think there should be some more flashes, I think. I honestly don't think Justin Fields should start for the rest of the season. Andy Dalton gives this Bears team a better chance to win. Do they want to win though? Does. Do they do yeah, they, want they do? I mean, obviously, every team wants to win, but I don't think that should be the primary focus for them. I think you should say, let's get Justin Fields some reps because I don't think this team isn't going to make any run. For for me, Akash, I mean, Justin Fields is banged up currently with a rib injury. Um, If it were me, I mean, I would just honestly, I would ice him for the rest of the season and let Andy Dalton ride off into his ginger sunset. (laughs) I don't don't know about icing him, but I definitely think that, yeah, you don't have to rush him back or anything. Dalton's fine in his stead, but I think that – I want to eventually get field some more reps going towards the end of the season. I mean, no, no, like I, I agree. Like I would be nice to get some reps. I'm just saying like, if the, I feel like the bears are going to try to win games, so Matt Nagy can cover his ass and not get fired. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big thing for me in, in that take. So I, I think that Dalton should start personally. Um, but moving on, let's move on to the Patriots backfield. who had a big night yesterday. Damian Harris looks great, but talking about Ramondre Stevenson, is he a buy in dynasty? Um, I like Ramondre a lot. He was like one of my like early season sleeper picks. I think he's an awesome talent and he's in a pretty good situation. But Damian Harris has pretty much established himself in this backfield, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to hold off for now at his price currently. If his price goes down during the offseason, I'll be back in at buying. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. It's not a, yeah, it's Damian Harris is also a really good running back. I think he might even be a better running back. Stevenson has shown flashes. And I think that I, I didn't like him at all as a prospect. He's like a fourth rounder who didn't do a ton in college. And so it's like, yeah, he's probably going to be a backup or a comedian. Gosh. Back. Yeah. I watched his film. No, I don't know what film is. But exactly. anyway. Right. A lot of people are buying for like late ones or early twos. That's not something I can I can get. Oh, they're buying for late ones? I I know. It's crazy. People, I'm selling that. Right. Exactly. exactly. The first. That's crazy. Exactly. For wide receivers i'm very much yeah by talent and so even if you but even if you like the talent for Ramondre stevenson i think there is something to be said for damian harris isn't going to go away it's like Ramondre stevenson i think at best forces a 50 50 split which is pretty much what he's doing right now that's what it was um a few weeks ago when Ramondre stevenson was playing and damian harris came back that's what it was before damian harris got hurt last night but, the thing for me, Akash, is like you said, even if he can escape the clutches of Damian Harris, Bill Belichick's always going to find some random Walmart employee to come in and play running back for the Patriots and have a 50 50 timeshare. It's not going to work. Somebody, yeah. It's yeah, never yeah, going to happen. It's going to be an RBBC until Bill Belichick dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the narrative that Bill Belichick always employs a running back by committee, I don't, I don't know about that, but it is true that I when think. When has he not? I, I think that. I mean, he does, but it's just – it's not the um, – he does it on purpose. It's that he he's smart and he drafts running backs with, like, low opportunity costs, like third-rounders, fourth-rounders, and, and he gets running backs for cheap. And those kind of running backs typically typically aren't workhorse running backs, right? So no, the way I the way I envision the way, the workhorse. The way I envision Bill Belichick builds his backfield is he gets a guy who can do one thing really well. 
Like he gets right. like a James White, you can catch passes. Ramondre Stevenson is more of the power, and Damian uh, Harris who can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, I think he exactly. just always has done that. I except for like Sony Michelle. When has he ever invested heavily in a running back? Right. Never. And so that's why you don't see running backs be workhorses for Bill Belichick. It's because he's smart and gets uh, builds a committee so that he doesn't like wear anyone down or give to someone too many carries and that that they get hurt or something. So I don't I don't think Ramondre Stevenson he has some upside. I, I just don't think he hits that upside. Cool. Yeah. Next point. Next point. Um. We got I got a banner up here for you. Dontrell Hilliard, oh, is he the guy in the Titans backfield? Um no, I don't it's tough. It's I don't think so. Uh it's just a really gross committee. It's like what the Texans do with their running backs. Just because a guy gets a lot of carries one week, it's not that they're gonna get a bunch of carries next week. It's not even though they're gonna be fantasy relevant. I think Hilliard was it Hilliard that had the long run against the Patriots? Yes. I honestly just think he's the best of the gross. That's my take. It's, but it's it's really – but like you said, it's all gross. Right? I don't think that he's the best of the gross. I think that he had one good play that made him look better than the gross. But talent-wise, I don't think he's any better than Foreman and McNichols. I don't think that he's worse than them. I just think that it's all a toss-up because they're all bad, right? So they'll all rotate. I think McNichols, when he comes back, will have more of a passing work than he had before. Is he the one you want to roster – Maybe, maybe sounds like Hutchins with me. He's just the best of the gross. Yeah, I would prefer none of them. Because... Yeah, I mean, if you were relying on these guys, good luck, buddy. But like from a DFS yeah. perspective, Hilliard's the one I would want. If any, if you we're in the playoffs now, if you got to the playoffs while relying on these guys, then you're good probably for you, man. Congratulations. You're you probably a pretender. Sorry, I know Luke wants to hype you up, but I'm here to spoil it for you. You're probably a pretender. No, you can do it. It's possible, but you're probably a pretender. You can do it. I believe in you. You're handsome, and I love you. Anyway, moving on. Javante Williams will be a first-round pick in 2022 and will smash next year. Um, I think he'll be around the second. Like pick the one turn. turn? I think he'll be like – yeah, I think he'll be in the turn. I think he'll be at the turn and the and, and the beginning of the second round, like Najee was this year, for example. Kind of like that like range. Acres. Acres was last year. Acres, you're right. A lot of projecting then, forward with Javante Williams. I think yeah, it's, it's a different conversation for like um, talking about redraft next year than it is talking about dynasty, because by the time redraft rolls around, maybe not for best ball mania, the at least the early portions of it, but by redraft season, like August September, we'll know what the deal is with Melvin Gordon if he stays or if he leaves, if they sign anyone else, if they get a QB upgrade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think Javante has the potential to be so. Um, obviously we know he's a great runner. He's a sneaky, good receiver. Uh, exactly. And that's, that means Hutchins is going to draft a shit ton of Javante Williams at the end of first rounds in 2022. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hutchinson just said in the chat as well. He thinks he'll be like cam Akers and draft capital, which I agree with. Yeah. Like early second round, uh, range. He loved acres before acres got hurt. I remember he just kept talking. About Dude, it. I loved acres too. I remember I was on vacation. I was like at the beach and I was like about to like put my phone down. I got the notification. I was so sad. It was terrible. I know that was horrible. I was, uh, I actually went to King's Island that day. And oh, King's I, Island. What a place. To I, be. Know. I know. Yeah, right? I left my phone at home because I'm, I'm a big, like, yeah, I don't need this while I'm at, 
well, I'm going on a roller coaster, so I'm just going to leave it here so it doesn't get broken or uh, get lost or anything. And I come back and it's like four hours and I, I don't see the news. I click on like a Slack dynasty group chat. It's not like a work thing. <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't like a work thing. It was just for fun. And I see a lot of people in the dynasty section talking about like, what are we going to do with him? Like, are you selling? Are you buying? I'm like, what the hell happened? I checked Twitter and then I see the news. And I'm just like, hard, bro. I'm like, damn, that sucks. Holy shit. It was rough, man. That was a tough one. I didn't like, know how bad the injury was. Like, because I heard of Achilles injuries, but I didn't know that it was that bad for running backs in the past. So I was like, damn. Yeah. It's uh, uh, crazy. It's going well. So that's good to see. Yeah, he's it's going really well actually, which is exciting. I think he's coming back for the playoffs, the NFL playoffs. But I definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't do that if I were the Rams. I wouldn't either. But anyways, moving on to the next one here. I think this is fun. Dolphins should be quiet. Sorry, not Dolphins. Doubters should be quiet about Tua. Um, I think Dolphins should too. I listen, think Flores needs to shut up and accept that Tua's good. Listen, I'm a I'm a I was a Tua non-believer. I thought that he was not great. I thought he was inconsistent. I thought he was a game manager, kind of like break, uh, Baker Fraudfield. Um, but Tua's he's been really good the last few games. I, I think, honestly, that hip injury and him getting healthy was what's really helped him. Um, there goes a cost drinking Coke again for the 17,000th time in his life. Uh, in case you guys don't know, cost drinks more Coke and eats more Subway than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. But, but – <laughs> Besides the point, Tua's been great, and I think he, I think he's uh, kind of established himself as what he was supposed to be. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of people overreacted to his rookie season because, like, like what you said, I was one of them. Herbert and Burrow, like being really good. A lot of rookies are just like inconsistent or like mediocre as rookies. I don't think that's any reason to fault them. It's just the fact that they are rookies. And if you com- like, if you compare Tua's rookie season to a lot of other rookie seasons. You'll see that Herbert and Burrow are really like the outliers in terms of how good NFL rookie quarterbacks are. And Tua coming and making a, a leap in year two, showing that he can be the guy he was in college where he was really accurate and he was a really good quarterback. It's great to see. I think that Flores should uh, be quiet about like Deshaun Watson and moving on from Tua. I think the doubters should be quiet about Tua. He's really established uh, himself as a franchise guy. I actually do. I actually kind of disagree with that, honestly. I, I do think they should still be involved in Deshaun Watson. Yeah, um, there's less legal issues than, yeah, because he's such a high upside player. He obviously has way more upside than Of course, of course. Uh, that's what I'm saying. If the if legal legal issues aside, of course, if, if, if Deshaun Watson so that's is the thing. tomorrow, um, yes. the Dolphins should go all in on Deshaun Watson, trade Tua and two first round draft picks for him. There you go. Boom, bang. You have a franchise quarterback. You're going to win championships. It's going to be – if there's no legal issues, it's going to take more than two and two first. Like, that's like – I would take that. If you were the Texans, would you take two and two first? No. I would. No. They know his value. They weren't going to sell him. They – they when, with even Did with you not just say that two was a franchise quarterback? You're getting a franchise quarterback and two first-round draft picks? You're not going to take that? With Deshaun Watson is, is okay. a top five, top four quarterback when he's on the field. Texans know what they have. I don't Earlier know. in the don't season, know. they had a deal in place. I forget with who, but it was like – Three first, two seconds, and two players, and the Texans turned it down because they're like, "No, we know uh, what we have in Deshaun Watson. We're not going to sell him for that." Moving on here to a question that I'm going to say no to immediately: Does Jonathan Taylor have a case for MVP? Not even close. Offensive right, player yeah, here, not even close. I agree. I wrote in the show notes, uh, "No, he doesn't." No, I actually didn't write that. I wrote no. Period. That's it. Yeah. Next. Next uh, point. 
Next point is where where to go. Okay, well, I don't have a banner for this one, but uh, Taylor Heineke, it could could he be a franchise quarterback for Washington? No, Cox, you wrote you wrote this down. What what's your take on this? Do you think he actually has a shot? No, he doesn't. Okay, good. Thank God, because uh, he is bad. Sorry, he's bad. He is bad. He's not good. No, yeah, he's like thirty. He's like twenty seventh out of thirty eight ish quarterbacks in PFF passing grade. He's a really bad deep passer he doesn't have a good arm he's last among like 35 quarterbacks in pff deep passing grade um so he's not a good deep passer he's a mediocre or to bad all-around passer he's a guy that has like three he or does, four good games this year he doesn't People deserve like to be a starter like gardner Minshew because like one they like rooting for the underdog and two he's fun to watch or something uh fun to root for uh but don't get too out over your skis on him he's probably not a very good player okay this is this Speaking is one that i think it's interesting you put in here you said like do we do we buy that Minshew can start in philly can he start yes should he start hell no, no go away I, I agree i agree go away it's jalen hurts season baby always yeah i, I agree with you i agree with you i'm not a big Minshew guy i'm not a big hurts guy but i'm even less so a Minshew guy he had a good game but that's really all it was he looked great. I mean, I honestly think he deserves to have an opportunity to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, as far yeah. as, you know, the bridge quarterbacks go, I think Minshew should be in that conversation. The Teddy Bridgewater career arc is starting. The Teddy, yeah. He, he's going to have that kind of career. He's going to be along for around for a long time doing that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's really all he is. He's just, he's just yeah, uh, absolutely capable, low, low ceiling backup. All right, well, that'll do it for today's episode, everybody. Anything else you want to add on, Akash, before we wrap up? Yes, we have to make fun of uh, Daniel Jones to get all the Giants fans angry. That's how you drive interaction because Giants fans are one of the most toxic fan bases in all football. So if you talk badly about them, they'll just drive a ton of comments to your pages, to your videos. So There you go. I'm not trying to get dogs out of the Giants fans. And should be out of Philly. They should replace them this draft. Okay, well, there you go. Giants fans, send all your hate mail to Akash. Um, don't send it to me. I did not say anything bad about Daniel Jones, even though Mike Glennon is better because of his neck size. That'll, uh, that's all. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for today's episode, everybody. We will see you Thursday for another episode. Have a great day Bye. and, uh, see you next time. Goodbye.